DKS1 is powered by Meme Global, a video marketing and advertising solution for entrepreneurs. Hello and welcome to the Digital Kung Fu Show, the podcast and video cast for startup founders and entrepreneurs. Even if you're alone in your entrepreneurial journey, know that right now in your earbuds, you are joined by thousands of entrepreneurs across the world hustling today's markets. At Digital Kung Fu, we have one goal, to help entrepreneurs succeed in their ventures through information sharing, digitally connecting them with other entrepreneurs, and by dissecting and deconstructing the world's leading business minds right here on this show. Remember, you can view the full show notes on our website at digitalkungfu.co. .za or tweet this show using our handle at Digital Kung Fu ZA or follow us on Facebook.com slash Digital Kung Fu ZA. Marketing campaigns are commonplace in our digitally enabled economy today, but many campaigns simply do not hit the mark. It is not a case of simply buying media and hoping that things will work by putting a value proposition or a product or service in front of a target market. Like I said, somehow campaigns often do not work. But as a startup, the implications are severe. Wasted money, a lack of return on investment when one is starting out can really put the grind on bottom line revenue growth. So I reached out to Ben Wagner, the chief marketing warrior of Native VML, one of South Africa's full service premier digital marketing agencies. We discuss the nuts and bolts of putting together a winning campaign strategy and pay attention towards the end of the interview where we really uncover the engine room of Native VML, where we uncover exactly how they approach digital and through-the-line marketing campaigns for some of the world's biggest brands. So without further ado, allow me to introduce you to Ben Wagner. This is Matt Brown, and today we have an amazing opportunity to speak with the chief marketing warrior of one of South Africa's uh, premier full-service digital marketing agencies, um, Native VML. Um, I'm sure many of you uh, would have heard of them, some of you wouldn't have. Um, But our guest today is also the former CEO of the agency Stonewall. Um, which in 2010 made history by merging with two other digital agencies, namely Brandish and Cambriant, to form what is today known as Native VML. And since then, they've been breaking new ground ever since. Um, he has also served the wider digital industry on multiple levels, uh, including chairing the interactive category at the Luries, the Bookmarks, and the Creative Circle Awards, as well as serving on the DMMA Executive Committee, and from and being from Cape Town, he's also a very keen surfer. So allow me to introduce you to Ben Wagner. Ben, thanks for the uh, for joining me on the call today. I'm very excited to have you in the hot seat. Cool, how's it, Matt? Thanks for for having me on the, on the show. Uh, you're very welcome, mate. You're very welcome. Very excited. Very excited to chat with you. Um, right. So let's get the ball going. So perhaps we can start with. Um, the positioning of native VML as an agency in the markets, because you're of course not just a digital agency or full service digital agency or digital marketing agency. You're a lot more than that. So um, can you elaborate for us on perhaps what native's areas of focus are within the digital space? Sure. So, you know, we, we, we typically come from a production based mindset and we've evolved our, our business dramatically since that time um, and, and the easiest way that we position ourselves is calling ourselves an agency for the digital age rather than a digital agency. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of sums up our, our sort of positioning in terms of the work that we're starting to do. So we're starting to do integrated work in terms of integrated marketing and through the line communications. Mm-hmm. We definitely have a very strong digital core and that's at the heart of our business. Mm-hmm. 
Um, we're also doing platform integration. So from an operational point of view, creating amazing customer experiences and touch points um, across various business units. So that's a very large piece of work. Um, then I think the, the most exciting part for us is business transformation, okay. where we look at making change at a functional level within businesses um, and elevating ourselves into the corporate suite um, rather than just working either with IT or marketing um, or operations, um, but rather at a corporate level in understanding how do we functionally integrate a business more and more um, in, in creating a layer that's built around the customer, with the customer at the heart or at the center. Um, a great example of that is kind of Apple. Um, you know, they've built a suite of services and products um, that firmly entrench the customer into an ecosystem of value um, that, that, that they really become disciples of um, and don't necessarily ever want to, to leave. Um, I think another great example is Nike. Um, you know, they've always said that when the product purchase starts, um, that is the beginning of the relationship, not the end. Um, a lot of people see fulfillment as being the, the end of the, the customer experience. Um, but for Nike, they see that as the start, and they've built a whole ecosystem of value as well um, in terms of the Nike Plus products um, and, and, and the things that they've done. Yeah, no, exactly. Those are great examples. Great examples, actually. And, um, I mean, that's the role of digital, really, because it permeates a lot more than just your sales and or marketing function. Uh, it permeates everything, you know. So from product design to distribution, you name any particular business unit, uh, digital has a very big role there, right? So business, business transformation is a huge, huge, huge opportunity for agencies today. Yeah, and I, and I think just in terms of seeing where, where the market is shifting, mm. I think our biggest competitors in time um, will be the consulting companies. Mm. You know, they've been very astute um, at, at building strong, uh, you know, relationships with the, with the, with the C-suite mm. um, and, and building strong consulting skills. And I, and I think at the end of the day, that, that is who we'll be competing with. You know, so you can see with the likes of Deloitte, Accenture, mm. yep. Uh, McKinsey, etc. Um, that that for us is is where the, the strongest competition is coming from. Yeah, no, I agree with you. That's definitely where the market's heading here, which is interesting because I mean, you know, that's why again, it's that's why positioning of agencies or any company today is so important because um, you know we'll touch on it later. But you know, there's this old saying around what you know today is is, is obsolete tomorrow, and in order to mm -hmm. completely you know, to keep the brand at the forefront of digital innovation, you actually need to com continuously reinvent what you're doing in as a business, right? What your value propositions are, who your market is, because the market's changing all the time. I mean, to your point, you know, you've got these C-suite consultancies. I used to work for Accenture for um, about seven years in the UK and so forth. So I know what it's like. I mean, you get new competitors popping up all the time. So it's very important, I think, for, for any entrepreneur to, with a digital lens on the world, to continuously focus on, on innovating and reinventing what you're doing because um, the market's changing and you need to continuously adapt, right? Absolutely. And, and, and I think, you know, we, 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 everyone knows that we're moving away from, um, you know, a, a brand shouting at customers. Um, and, and for us, we, we're really getting into the, the, the business of touch points. Mm. You know, what are the consumer touch points? Um, and it makes sense to try and own those touch point experiences because that's ultimately where marketing is. And that's literally the coalface. Um, and I think the better we get at that, 
And the better that we understand our consumer, uh, the better placed we are to create engaging touch points. Yeah, that's interesting. You mentioned the word um, really getting to understand the consumer and putting the consumer at the heart of this whole experience that you create as part of um, work that you take to market ultimately. And um, you'll be more familiar than, than myself and many, many others in, in the country around um, you know, the saying that for agencies, it's all about the work, the work, the work. And by work, I mean the quality of the creative or the advertising that actually lands and goes to market, whether that be a digital piece of communication or whether it's a print-based thing, a TV ad or a radio ad, right? So um, you guys talk a lot about uh, purpose-driven work and or work that lives uh, in people's lives. Um, can you walk us through just some of the more memorable pieces of work that you guys have taken to market on behalf of your clients? Sure. Um, and, you know, it, it took us a long time to to get to that statement or that filter, um, that positioning filter of purpose-driven work that lives in people's lives. Mm. And I think we just realized, you know, we, we don't want to create the kind of marketing and advertising that that is just, you know, get up and throw away stuff. Mm. Um, and we wanted to see, you know, how do we actually contribute to society? How does a brand build up a meaningful relationship? Mm. Um, and sometimes it's turning away work that doesn't stand for that. And it's, it's it really becomes quite difficult. Mm. Um, but the examples of, of what we've done, um, NetBank, we've done some amazing purpose-driven work for them. Um, the Kiona campaign is an integrated piece of work um, that's been running for three or four years now. It's literally become a, a brand platform um, where in, in line with their, their biggest sports sponsorship, which is the NetBank Cup, mm-hmm. uh, we run a parallel program called the Kiona Team Search. Mm-hmm. Um, and what that is, is an annual team search that scours the country uh, for young hidden soccer talent, trains them up into a final squad, and then puts them against the winners of the NetBank Cup themselves. So the likes of Orlando Pirates, awesome. Kaiser Chiefs. Yeah. But we found, you know, hidden talent all over the country um, and it really just ties in with NetBank brand proposition of making things happen. Um, and it's just such a direct translation of that. And it's been so fulfilling to see these these young people who haven't had much, you know, life prospects or career prospects for that matter, um, being found, um, you know, turning into professional soccer players um, that will hopefully give them longevity and a career path as well, yeah. um, you know, to yeah. where they've come from. Yeah, I think Unilever is another great example of that. So one of their brands, obviously, Domestos. And um, I was at, a, I think it was the Apex Awards last year, um, and he did a keynote all around service and mm. how brands need to start, um, you know, so this custom experience and underpinning custom experience is service design, right? So how can I service a customer, whether it's an individual or a group or demographic, whatever, um, but how can I service them in the best possible way um, in order to create mutually beneficial value for both the brand and the consumer, which is why I guess to your point earlier around Nike, where the, the relationship doesn't end at the sale. That's actually only where it, be- that's actually where it starts because after that it's about providing, you know, as much service uh, as possible and the right type of service as well to that market in order for them to continuously be brand advocates over time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So just on that point around brands, I think it's interesting um, that we're talking quite a lot about brands and the role of brands in, in a consumer's lives. You know, we often talk about, um, you know, how digital is revolutionizing 
entire industries overnight, equally disrupting business models left, right, and center, and so forth. Um, and also how marketers today are no longer the kind of sole owners, right, of the brands, or the brands no longer own themselves, but actually that the brands are co-owned by their, um, by their customers, if you like. Um, so I wanted to ask you, how do you stay relevant in your view to your customers in a market that's continuously changing like a digital one is? Um, I think regardless or irrespective of the technology and the changes that are happening in technology, you have to stay true to your customer. You have to stay in touch with your customer. Mm. Um, and I think a lot of agencies struggle, including ourselves, in really having a deep and thorough understanding of the consumer that we're trying to, 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 to build a relationship with. And most people, you know, throw away the notion of, of brands having a relationship with you. Mm. Um, but there are brands that are getting it right, um, but they only do that once they've got a very deep understanding of what their customer needs or wants mm-hmm. um, and what their aspirations are. And, and if you can do that and if you can build up that empathy, then I think you, you will have success. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, um, it's not an easy thing to do correctly. Um, there's some interesting things I was reading this week about how consumers – it's about trends, right, in, so in digital, and we'll touch on that in a second around opportunities um, – uh, but this whole thing around status testing where consumers have to prove to brands that they're worthy of actually being engaged. So it's almost as if, you know, like, for example, last year, it was all around, you know, creating mutually beneficial value. But now looking forward, it's actually around testing the consumer to such a degree that it's actually now for them to earn the brand's trust back, you know, in the relationship. It's quite, it's interesting how it's continuously changing. And this, uh, back to my point around what you know today is ob- often obsolete tomorrow. It's, it's like, how do you stay abreast of, of these kind of changes? I mean, what's your view on that? How do you stay on top of things that are moving so quickly? Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey there. I know being an entrepreneur can be a very lonely experience. You sometimes get stuck, don't you? Well, if you're like me, being stuck sucks. But what if you could access the minds of over 850 CEOs who have built companies generating billions of dollars in revenue and access all of that knowledge in a fraction of a second? Well, the good news is you can literally do that today. What my team have built is Matt Brown AI. It is trained on all the interviews, over 850 of them that I've done to date, all my books, all the knowledge capital that has been generated over the last 10 years right here on the Matt Brown Show. And you can get access to all of that right now for free. So how do you get access to this? Well, head on over to mattbrownshow.com and at the top you'll see community. Hit that link, sign up, it's absolutely free and you'll be given instant access to Matt Brown AI and a community of over 100,000 subscribers. Look, we, we generally have a team that's much younger than I am. Um, and, and fortunately, you know, we, we've got quite a diverse, um, you know, group of staff. We're, we're around 200 people, so we're not a small agency. Um, and we follow a methodology, what, what we call exploring. Mm-hmm. So the old adage, you know, if you want to know about the lion, you don't go to the zoo. You've got to get out into the, into the wild. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do that. So we awesome. place a huge emphasis on being out in the streets um, you know, conversing with, with our target um, or brand's target and, and really getting an understanding, you know, 
doing you know ethnographic research um you know uh, ha- having a sense of you know what are the consumption habits like um you know what 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 do these guys want what are their dreams what are their goals um and what are they and how do they feel what is the lens that they have um about the brand that that wants to have a, a relationship or a dialogue um and if there's a disconnect you know we're honest about that we don't try and hide that disconnect um and we're quite open with our clients when when they believe um that their brand is viewed in a certain way and we're finding a completely different um answer mm. um you know we we we've got to meaningful meaningfully apply that otherwise um we're not going to be honest to ourselves mm. and we're certainly not going to be honest to to the client or the consumer mm-hmm. yeah no it's interesting um i think in digital you have to be authentic right <laughs> there's otherwise there's no point in even push and go on anything you have to be authentic um but also you're talking about exploring and doing a whole bunch of research and so on and so forth and and you know the work that you guys are doing in that exploration space is incredibly valuable right because as we've touched on things are changing so much and in order to stay abreast you've got to be out in the market out in the wild as you call it um so i want to it's it, that's cool for big brands right but for the entrepreneurs the startups you know the guys with minimum viable products in the market with some traction you're potentially looking for vc investments and so forth um in your view when should business owners start working with agencies like native so that they can um you know reap the benefits of um p- potentially some of the capabilities that you're offering the bigger brands so obviously there's a life stage right so um when in your view should guys knock on your door and start engaging with you around potential collaborations and so and so on mm. i think to be honest it would make sense for them to rather surround themselves with individual specialists mm-hmm. um i i think they need to find like-minded entrepreneurs who are niche specialists in a certain area so as an entrepreneur you you're generally an all-rounder um so you need to know a lot about many different things mm. um and i and i can understand and 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 share the sort of overwhelming feeling that they must get in trying to understand what they need to do next mm. in digital yeah um i don't think going to a full service agency is necessarily the right step mm. um they typically are looking to to build a brand first um as well as all the million and one other operational things that they need to do so from my point of view i would find a search a search specialist build up your brand identity create a simple yet effective website that is a sales channel mm-hmm. obviously first and foremost yeah. um and work with a niche specialist first um and and kind of earn your way um into into a a bigger marketing budget through the through the success of your sales and and if you can build up your your agency partner or relationship alongside that or well that that's even better then because then then both people are winning yeah no true that's great advice thank you ben um just for the guys who potentially haven't had access to native and the glues and the ogilvies of the world I think it would be very valuable for them to get an insight into how agencies operate and work. So for example, how or let's let's explore an example, right? So imagine that you were given a brief brief by an e-commerce retailer looking to sell shoes online to women for argument's sake. Um the target audience is aged between 25 and 35. The ladies like to shop at that age comparatively to say other age um age groups. Um and they have a budget of say 500,000 rand to spend. Um how uh would you approach tackling that brief? So for example, 
Um, can you potentially maybe walk us through how you would tackle that brief in an agency like yours? Sure. Um, so we, we follow a, a strategic methodology, which we call OCTA, mm -hmm. uh, which simply stands for Objective, Challenge, Truth and Answer. Mm -hmm. um, and the objective really is, is to look at what that client is, is trying to achieve or what the brand is trying to achieve. So it's a single-minded um, objective that we look at. Um, the challenge then is what is standing in the way of fulfilling that, that objective. So, you know, it might be pricing, it, it could be a crowded marketplace, it could be a whole bunch of things. So we, we really try and, and distill that down to a, a set of challenges. Mm. Um, then the T part um, is the truth. Mm. So what is the truth that, or the insight that we can pull out that allows us to then formulate an answer um, that allows us to fulfill that, that objective. So it's a strategic framework. Um, and on top of that, we build out a, a creative idea, um, which then goes into execution. And we, we, we've got a, um, a fantastic vehicle that we, or a tool, if you like, called uh, the Showrunner, okay. which is a dashboard where we track the campaign against that set of KPIs. And we do that on a daily basis. Um, and I think that's kind of one of our unique sort of elements is that we we run the showrunner um, when the campaign starts um, and they're empowered to make usability changes, yeah. uh, media changes, anything that allows them to to impact the KPIs in a, in a positive way. Um, and that's shared with the client so they both, you know, have a view on, on that dashboard and how it's performing. Okay, cool. That's great advice. Um, and those kind of frameworks are incredibly valuable to anyone, I guess, looking to take a campaign to market. Um, I wanted to just touch, you mentioned something around systems and, and, um, and metrics and measurements and being able to tactically shift your strategy as you're executing it in the markets. Um, integration is obviously almost a precursor to that. Um, in your view, when you're taking a campaign to market, um, how important is integration in your view, when it comes to uh, either communications or media? It's, it's massively, it's, it's probably the single most important thing that we could ever do. Mm -hmm. um, we're, we're the lead agency for two, for two clients now. So, you know, we, 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 we practice what we preach around integration. So for Absolute Vodka and Shivers Regal, we're the lead agency and we work with a bunch of amazing partners from media, um, you know, through to PR. Mm -hmm. um, and we, we know firstly how hard it is to get integration right because it's not matching luggage. Yeah. Um, it's getting every touch point to be as amplified as possible um, and to work in, in, in unison um, together. And that doesn't mean, you know, having everything look the same because that's, that, that's actually quite an easy job to do. Yeah, no, exactly. So yes, it's absolutely vital. And, and without it, um, you certainly won't achieve any success. And it doesn't mean you need to use every touch point. Yeah. Um, it's not a laundry list. Um, you've got to work, work out, you know, what touch points are, are going to drive the most value um, and, and the most return. Yeah, awesome. And that's what makes measurement so important in my view. Because, uh, mm. you know, you, you, all these touch points require different types of, of uh, KPIs or measurements associated with them. Equally within each, you know, touch point, there's other things like content. Video is different to, say, an image or whatever. So the measurement um, ask, I think, from an, when you are approaching things in an integrated fashion is, is a big one. It's a big challenge. Um, yeah. So I wanted to ask you, Ben, what are some of the mistakes, right? So what are some of the mistakes that you see um, – Broadly, you know, you don't have to talk about existing clients or, or, or non-clients or whatever, but just in general, what do you feel in terms of um, when 
businesses take digital campaigns to market. What are some of the, the obvious things that you see uh, going wrong or the mistakes that the guys are making? I mean, is it perhaps the wrong type of communication? Is it working, as you say, you know, with um, matching luggage all the time? Is it uh, the misallocation of media budgets, measuring the wrong things? What are those kind of key things for you? I, I think sometimes we're, we're too clever um, for the consumer and we, we try and create these sort of little technical shiny objects which take a ton of time and effort to make, we charge a lot of money for them. Um, but in the eyes of the consumer, they're either ignored or they don't understand them. Mm. Um, and I call that sort of tricksy digital work um, that might win you an award or, or it might make you feel or, or the studio feel better because you've overcome some complexity. Mm. Um, but in the eyes of the consumer, you know, it, it's, it's completely meaningless and it, it just gets ignored. And I think that's what we're trying to achieve through purpose-driven work that lives in people's lives is, mm. is not to create gimmicky elements. And I think that's the, the biggest mistake that we can make. Mm. I think all the other elements that you mentioned are, are absolutely valid. Um, but if you don't understand your consumer and you don't understand their time constraints, their, their technical environment, um, and, and, and what, the, what becomes part of their day, um, you run the risk of completely missing the mark. Mm, yeah, that's true. We keep coming back to this idea of being customer-centric, right? Um, there's also a very well-known saying where the difference between those brands that win and those brands that lose, that difference is how well you know your customer. In other words, sure. the brand that wins or the agency or the company, whoever, if you know your customer better than your competitor, which makes sense. I mean, from a direct marketing or relationship marketing point of view, it makes sense, right? So this whole idea of customer centricity and as it relates to experiences, I think is an amazing um, insight that we keep picking up on. Um, I want to come back to entrepreneurs, though, and business owners who don't have the big cash, right? So um, let's say that... Um, uh, a business owner, he's constrained, right? And I think it's true regardless of size of brand or company. There are budget constraints at some point and potentially unless you're, unless you're Google or some unicorn out there, you know. Um, but I think it also becomes increasingly challenging to grow your bottom line when you don't have a lot of money to spend. So I wanted to ask you, how does... How do we? How does a guy make the right call at the end of the day? You know, when it comes to spending or allocating budgets. So, um, so with that in mind, if if you were an entrepreneur with say a limited budget of fifty k that you want to spend on a, a digital marketing campaign, uh, what advice do you have there in terms of deciding what to spend your money on? Um, for me, I would firstly take a step back as as that entrepreneur, and and firstly make sure that you've got an offering that stands alone um, and that stands apart. If you've got a highly differentiated offering that makes sense, um, that, that's the kind of table stakes that you need to arrive at, especially if you're a young starter. Mm. It's a very crowded marketplace, um, you know, locally as well as globally. Mm. And, you know, for me, the, the spend that you should be doing, the little spend that you've got available mm. should be out on, on, on search in my mind. PVC, yeah. Um, is, is the route forward, especially if you've got something that's differentiated. Mm, mm, mm. It's funny how the wheel hasn't changed that much then, hey? in terms of uh, for the small guy, you know, or the startup. It hasn't really changed that much um, from a digital budget point of view, which is interesting, I guess. Um, but I think this actually is a great sort of stepping stone into the next question that I have. Um, mm. I, look, I look at Can as you do, I'm sure, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, and for those of you that don't know, every year 
the Cannes Awards are effectively, um, you know, a showcase of all the types of advertising and the best types of advertising in numerous different categories out there, right? And they get uh, evaluated and ultimately awarded. Um, and one of the more interesting pieces of work, and I'm not sure if you saw it or not, was the um, the campaign by Newcastle Brown Ale, where they basically crowdsourced a Super Bowl TV ad. I don't know whether you, you, you saw that one. Yeah, yeah, it was amazing. And basically what they did, guys, was they created a massive Super Bowl big budget TV ad using the uh, budgets of 50 smaller brands. And they called the, um, the campaign the Band of Brands. And, um, and it's interesting because crowdsourcing like 3D printing are hugely disruptive um, trends, digital trends, I guess. And um, I wanted to find out from you, um, what do you think are some of the exciting digital plays uh, you know, in the short term and the long term that potentially entrepreneurs uh, can take advantage of? Look, I think the, the sort of immediate trends that everyone's looking at um, at the moment is, is virtual reality. Okay. Um, you know, but, but from an Oculus Rift point of view, to, to the ordinary South African, you know, the cost mm-hmm. is, is yeah. hugely prohibitive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in, in my mind, the, the thing that cuts through every single time in any of the can work that I see is a great story being told authentically. Mm. Um, and you don't need a big budget for that. You know, you could do a brilliant piece of branded content that won't cost you an arm and a leg, as long as it's a true brand narrative that speaks to the heart, speaks to the consumer, um, and, and creates an emotive connection. That's ultimately what we're all here to do. And that's that's obviously the hardest challenge that we all have every single day. We try and build our pieces of work like that. Mm. So I think, again, irrespective of the technology, irrespective of what's happening, mm. um, you know, consumer electronic shows um, around the world, um, it's about having a, a, a meaningful, you know, connection point. And, and that needs to be told through a brilliant piece of brand narration. Mm-hmm. Did you go to CES uh, in January? <laughs> I've just been re- I've been reading up about what's been going okay. on with four K screens and, and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Have you seen those rollable screens? Those are awesome, eh? Radical. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so cool. <laughs> so cool. Cool, man. Look, well, um, I think that's great advice for for the guys. I'm sure they'll love eat that up all day. Um, I want to just shift uh, gears a little bit for a second and, and kind of get away from from advertising and work, <clears throat> and actually discuss with you a little bit more about your sort of. You know, entrepreneurship in general. <clears throat> Excuse me. So to start with, um, I always like to ask this question to to successful entrepreneurs such as yourself. Um, so why, in your opinion, uh, do you think that most businesses fail in the first twelve months? I think it's a it's a question of priorities. Um, you know, when 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 I started uh, Stonewall or took over Stonewall, rather. Um, in I think it was 2005, um, it was really, you know, trying to you'll get your list of priorities in the right order. I think that, that's the, the biggest challenge because there are so many things that you need to be doing, um, but the single most important thing is driving in the revenue um, and making sure that you're keeping your expenses as low as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the, the, the reason they fail is that they, that they don't understand how to prioritize 
um, surrounding themselves with good people as, as effectively as possible. Effective people as cheaply as possible um, is, is really the answer for me and making sure that as the face of the business that you're spending money driving the, the revenue in mm -hmm. um, and, and, and not having anyone else do that job. You've got to be front and center mm -hmm. of, of being, firstly, being the face of the business. Um, and you look at the, the world's best entrepreneurs like Richard Branson, mm -hmm. um, you know, <laughs> those are the shining lights um, that, that you need to be, to be following. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So basically focus, uh, focus on sales, uh, sales mm -hmm. being the lifeblood of any business and, um, and uh, do your best to not get distracted by the plethora of other less important things to be getting on with, right? Okay, yeah. cool. All righty. Um, there was a report I was reading. Uh, sure, forget the name now. I think it was the small business report. I think they do a survey of like 200,000 small businesses a year. <clears throat> and it's interesting, the same insights keep getting um, kind of revealed, and that was around barriers to growth. And, and one of the key barriers to growth was um, this concept of skills, where um, there's a disconnect between the business owner, right, with the product, who's passionate about the product, he's passionate about offering a service and potentially even selling anything. But when it actually comes to execution, they lack the skills to execute appropriate communications in the market. And, and, and that's often um, pointed to as a barrier for growth. So I wanted to um, just pick your brains on that. In your view, how important is it for um, for entrepreneurs and guys doing digital marketing campaigns, for example, to, um, to learn from other entrepreneurs and or update their skills through, through online training and those kind of things? It's absolutely vital. I think the thing that most entrepreneurs will share is how lonely it is um, and how isolated you sometimes feel. So I think surrounding yourselves with, with like-minded people, mm. either through you know training or forums, mm. um, is absolutely key. You get to share one another's mistakes, your successes. Mm. Um, and there's nothing as humbling as hearing you know other failures um, and, and being able to align the, the things that you worry and stress about and, and that, mm. that keep you up at night. Um, it can be a very lonely place sometimes. So mm. absolutely, you, you, you really do need to um, get out there. Um, you can also learn a lot of things and possibly even form collaborations, which, yeah. which are key as well. Yeah, that's a great point. You mentioned uh, collaborations and partnerships. That was one of the mm -hmm. things I was chatting to um, Justin Drennan from Once It All <clears throat> and Parcel Ninja a couple of days ago. And he said that's a huge opportunity for, for businesses with an on uh, with an e-commerce player because they don't have the big budgets to compete with take a lot and so on and so forth. But in servicing categories, there's a huge opportunity for syndicated buying and or information sharing, cross marketing, JVs, all that kind of stuff. So it's interesting that you picked up on that same, uh, that same value opportunity, I think. Cool, man. Well, look, um, I wanted to, we're getting to the end of the, in, uh, of the interview now. Um, so you're, of course, you've been agency side for many, many years. Um, so you must have seen quite a few startups launch and go to market over your time, I guess. Um, so here's an interesting question for you. If I gave you a million rand today and asked you to start a new business, uh, and of course, you said, and assuming you said yes to that, <laughs> what kind of business would you launch and why? Um, I think in my mind, you know, probably a branded mobile content studio. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think we all know that, that video and mobile video is absolutely exploding at the moment. Mm. Um, I don't think there's enough, I don't think there are enough content providers out there. Um, you know, we work with some really amazing specialists like, like Arcade Films, 
Um, but in my mind, if, if you could create, use that money to create an amazing content production facility um, that just focuses on mobile content um, and short form content, uh, I, I think you'd, you'd carve out a, a beautiful little niche, niche there for content production. Yeah, that's very interesting. Videos, as you say, is blowing up. So for there you go, guys. So for those of you who are uh, have some spare cash lying around or some angel funding lying around potentially, there you go. There's a great opportunity uh, in the branded content play space. So, uh, Ben, five rapid fire questions, and then we're done. I'll let you go. And I've kept you, I think, a little bit longer than we <laughs> than than I promised. But um, so, so so here we go, mate. So the first the first question: What weapon would you carry during a zombie apocalypse? Um, surfboard. I don't think they swim. <laughs> Big assumption. We'll have to find out, I guess, one day. <laughs> uh, what was the last book you read? Um, Pilgrim. Okay, cool. Okay. Um, what's the toughest decision you ever made? <laughs> to turn down a surf trip. Oh, really? She's almost to cut you to the bone, I guess, down there here. <laughs> Jeffries or somewhere else more exotic. Uh, Indonesia. Oh, wow. Okay. That would cut you deep. <laughs> I've, I've been there six times, so I was being a little bit selfish. Oh, shame. Okay. Well, next time, hey? It's not going anywhere, I hope. <laughs> uh, cool. Who do you secretly admire? Elon Musk. Well, not secretly. Overtly. Overtly, yeah. I think a lot of us do, hey? Did you watch the SpaceX Falcon 9 landing? Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. Amazing. Incredible, hey? Incredible, He's incredible, incredible. Total, total rock star. Yeah, interestingly, if you want to, uh, if people ask you about SpaceX, because a lot, it's difficult to kind of convey actually how huge uh, mm-hmm. it is, what he's doing in terms of his entrepreneurial path and so forth, and redefining the boundaries, literally, of what's possible with Tesla and SpaceX. There's a great, super in-depth, long tail article uh, on a blog called waitbutwhy.com. You guys should check it out. Um, it was written by a guy called Tim Urban, and um, he's actually gone to meet Elon Musk um, to really pick his brains around the why and how he thinks. It's, it's really amazing. Uh, so if you haven't done so already, familiarize yourself with that for sure. It's a great, great read. Um, cool. The last one. If you won 100 million rands today, what would you buy first? Sure. Um it's a good question. Probably look at buying myself a piece of land in the Transcar. Uh-huh. Great place. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful, mm. beautiful. Cool. And lastly, I always ask this question, what's your why as an entrepreneur? What, why do you, Ben Wagner, get out of bed in the morning? Because I want to make a difference. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah, it's interesting how um, there's this commonality between guys who have succeeded either around, you know, I'm in the world to create value or I want to make a difference or I want to be of service to others. It's a very interesting commonality between all of you guys that are killing it out there. Cool, Ben. Look, so I'm sure the guys um, are probably going to have more questions for you. Would it be possible for them to reach out to you uh, or how can we keep in touch? How can we keep in touch? With pleasure. You can email me directly, ben at native.co.za. I'd love to hear from you. Super. Ben, thank you so, so much for your time. I really enjoyed it. Some ton of great content here. Um, wishing you all the best for the rest of the year. And uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll hear more great things from you and Native in the future. Awesome. Thanks for the opportunity, Matt. Cheers, Ben.
Remember that the show is now on iTunes, so please head on over and either write us a review or subscribe for new episodes. And if you'd like to be an exclusive real-time participant on our next Digital Kung Fu live show, then visit our website at digitalkungfu.co.za forward slash live to get early bird VIP access. Thanks for listening to the Digital Kung Fu Show. If you'd like to check out more episodes and get access to our growing community of entrepreneurs working together to succeed in business, then please visit our website at www.digitalkungfu.co.za. Ever wanted to become a best-selling author? Well, I'm in the influence business and I work with business owners and CEOs and business leaders to help them scale their influence. And we do this as a team by helping you to become a best-selling author, sought-after speaker and industry influencer in only 30 days. My team and I have developed a system that delivers a best-selling book and a launch campaign 300% faster and 50% less cost than anyone else in North America. This system is incredibly efficient. One of my clients Clients Haiku went from a 2% share of voice globally to an 11% share of voice globally in only seven days. If you'd like more information, head on over to showworksmedia.com for more. That is showworks with an X.com.